Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Saturday recap of the Ryder Cup, where things have just been ignited. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, I noticed you are wearing a hat, so I assume that you are doing this for free. Of course I am. Come on. I'm, I'm a man of our country, a patriot, some would say, and some would argue what Patrick Cantlay is doing, wanting money, potentially, reportedly, is the most American thing you could do. So I stand with Cantley. I stand with this team. And oh boy, it got heated out there this afternoon. All right. So this this Ryder Cup that has essentially been a snooze fest for the vast majority of it over the last uh, handful of hours got very, very spicy. So we're going to start there. Then we'll kind of go back and do some of the recap stuff. But this thing took a significant turn, Patrick. Uh, I think it was right around when Victor Hovland and Ludwig Aberg beat Scotty Scheffler and Rory Mac- excuse me, Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka in the largest foursomes defeat in Ryder Cup history because you got Scotty breaking down into tears. And I think that the U.S. team used that as a little motivation for the afternoon session. I could see that as well. And you send out two guys who were benched beforehand, plenty, plenty of energy probably not feeling great about themselves, feeling like they have something to prove in Colin Morikawa and Sam Burns first off the bat, probably a peculiar pairing uh, to some, but one that worked out great for them. And yeah, when you get beat down nine and seven, you turn in what, I think they were five over 40. They were seven over on their alternate shot ball. It's not like Oberg, Ludwig Erberg and Victor Hovland played out of their mind, right? They played very sound, very solid, and deserved to win. But nine and seven, that is an absolute dusting. After Brooks Kepka kind of says something about John Rahm, calling him a, a kid, a little baby for hitting a sign there on 17. And that felt like pretty much rock bottom for this U.S. team. There's only one direction to go when it's when you're at rock bottom and it's up. And right. you have a little fight there from Max Homa and Brian Harmon finally get a win the first one for the Americans all Ryder cup. And you kind of see it materializing snowballing into more and more. And the, the energy really picked up in the afternoon hours. So a couple of items, uh, one, I'm sitting next to a very nice gentleman from uh, Swedish television. And he told me that the acceptable English pronunciation would be Ludwig Oberg. I can that do is that. like, a, I can do that as well. So I'll have to I'll have to get that into my brain. Ludwig Oberg is acceptable. If you start getting into the like a, a bear, that that's a whole that's like your you got to have a different tongue for that. So he told me that that was acceptable. That is what I'm going to be moving forward with from now on. The reason that I think that that was the turning point because you nailed it. Sam Burns and Colin Morikawa go out uh, first, and immediately where when there was no juice in this Ryder Cup. Sam Burns taps one in for birdie on, where is it? Was it one where he starts pumping up? Yeah, he, he's six. got number six. Okay, he is he is now actively engaging the crowd. He is looking for a little spark, little chip on the shoulder, something that we had seen no American do prior to that. And we know how close Scotty and Sam Burns are. I think it started to get personal on the afternoon session today. Well, he's standing over his putt, and a guy yells at him when he's about to take his putter back, go get a haircut. And this followed immediately after they they cheered Colin Morikawa missing his birdie putt. So he gave it back to them. He let out an F-bomb, said he couldn't hear them anymore, told, told him what was up. And, I mean, for as good as the Scandinavian super team was this entire Ryder Cup, they did fall flat today. Uh, 
there are some maybe lazier swings than usual from these guys. They only had one birdie across the first 11 holes between them. And yeah, they put together a really nice charge with Ludwig, uh, but it was too little too late. And to put the first point on the board to win hole number one for the first time all week, it took 13 matches for UF to go one up through one. Uh, it, I think it gave a jolt of energy back because you saw uh, the second match and third match, they were the U.S. were leading early. So uh, two kind of younger spark plug type guys. And like you said, Sam Burns really isn't uh, that demonstrative externally, but his game really speaks for itself. And it's very it, a ton of firepower in it. And they ham and egged their way across this golf course like perfectly. I don't think you could have pictured it any better. Yeah, I almost fell out of my seat when the first red square went up on the big board here. I hadn't seen it in a couple of days. So that that starts the afternoon session. And then essentially, just as Patrick Cantlay, match number four, Patrick Cantlay, Wyndham Clark going out against Rory McIlroy and Matt Fitzpatrick, Jamie Weir of Sky Sports tweets out something. I don't know if we have this, Josh. If not, I can just read it. So it says, uh, I understand from several sources that the U.S. team room is fractured, a split led predominantly by Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay believes players should be paid to participate in the Ryder Cup and is demonstrating his frustration at not being paid by refusing to wear a team hat. So uh, Jamie Weir is here in the media center. He was obviously a very popular guy when, when this tweet went out and he stood by this uh, wholeheartedly. And the idea of this is interesting, right? And there's a lot of ways to look at this. I think that if they were up six and a half, one and a half, Patrick, you don't hear anything about a fractured team room, no matter what it is. They say winning solves everything. Losing kind of creates these fractures as well. So where do you stand as this news broke while Patrick Cantlow's on the golf course? Look, I don't know, Jamie, personally. I don't know if this is even true to tell you the truth but it is hilarious and I, I don't really see how someone wanting to get paid for playing in the Ryder Cup could divide a team room I mean you look I, back I agree with that. <laughs> you look back David Duvall like even Tiger Woods wanted to get paid at one point of his career to play in the Ryder Cup and to be fair Patrick Cantley has been known as the bag man he likes his money yes. he gets I didn't know he was an international man of mystery, but I, I guess he might be. And he, he brought his services over to Rome. But I, I don't know how realistic it is for Cantlay to be like, you know what? I'm not sitting with you guys because I believe I should be making a million dollars this week. Hey, Xander, are you with me, bro? Are you come sit in this corner of the locker room and away from the 10 other guys to prove how good of a friend you are with me? And so, for him, yeah. For Cantley to do this through a silent protest of not wearing a hat is, I don't want to say, it's ridiculous if if it is like 100% true. Like this guy who, who Cantley thinks he's like a very smart guy and he is a very smart guy. Maybe not as smart as he actually thinks he is, but he's very smart. And for him to be like, hmm, this is it. This is going to be it. I'm not going to wear a hat this week. And that will prove to the sponsors, everyone who's behind the Ryder Cup, this very commercialized competition that it has become, that I, Patrick Cantlay, deserves my money. And for him to go about it that way, if it's true, is hilarious. A, a true silent protest that no one would have known existed if Jamie Weir had not tweeted it out. So I, I agree with you right? It's kind of on brand. It is absolutely on brand for Patrick Cantlay to want to get paid to play the Ryder Cup. In fact, I think they should. What, what do I care? There's a ton of people who are making a lot of money at this. Why would we stop at the players? I don't care. Um, and I believe that Patrick Cantlay, of course, probably does want to get paid for the Ryder Cup. I don't know why that would offend the team room, right? Is, is Scotty Scheffler standing up and saying, how dare you want to get paid so I now can't play golf well, right? Like, like that, that's the bridge where this starts to become uh, an excuse for bad play, I guess. Trans I don't know if it's transfer of blame or whatever it ends up being, but like, I don't know how point A connects to point B. I, I, I don't either. I, I don't think if you told the 11 other guys in that room that they'd be making $500,000 this week, 
I think all eleven would accept it graciously. Right. And so if Cantley's like, oh guys, I think we should be paid, I'm sure most of them are probably like, no, nah, dude, it's for the competition. But there's they're not gonna be like, what is wrong with you? How could you do that? This is the Ryder Cup. Get it together. And look, I, I don't know, Jamie, and I don't know how true this is. I, I'm sure it is. He, he from what I've read or heard from him, it, he's a very good reporter, but it's also just like hilarious to think that something that trivial could divide this team room. And, and he, he goes back a long way with a lot of these guys. If that is that de- fractures your team room in the midst of a Ryder cup, you got bigger problems, right? The team room was, was, was already gone, but it doesn't matter if it was, if it's true, if it's not, if it's partially true, if it, because it started to make its way around the grounds. And the Europeans are very online. They're checking Twitter. They're, all, they're, they're figuring out that this is happening. And nobody gets uh, a plan in place faster than European fans who seemingly uh, were greeting Patrick Cantlay, hats off, you know, waving them, waving them in the air every time he was walking down the holes. They had, they had chance prepared, Patrick. Hats off to your bank account. They they are truly world class fans that they were able to implement this stuff as quickly as they were. It's fin- fantastic. It reminds me of uh, the Cameron Crazies at Duke. They have uh, a sheet they pass out every home game, and they have little little nuggets on each player. Some dirt, whether it's girlfriends, sisters, sometimes some things you really shouldn't touch, but they do. Those Dukies do, and it it really was like that it, it was like i think G- gabby herzig of sports illustrated tweeted it was like golf twitter just come into real life like that in a blink of an eye and for them to think of those chants right away all of them be like oh tip your hat to them too fantastic but at, at the same time kind of lit a fire under them kind of backfired kind of kind of lit a fire under them and because, we saw that late <laughs> yes we did Patrick Cantlay uh, essentially wills match four to a full point for the United States, winning 17 and 18 basically by himself. He made a bunch of putts late. Uh, he was phenomenal coming down the stretch. We're showing a picture, if you're watching on YouTube, the some of the most emotion we've seen from Patrick Cantlay in quite some time steals a point from Rory McIlroy and Matt Fitzpatrick to complete a three-and-one afternoon session. So while cute, impressive, fun, hilarious, whatever adjective you want, seemingly lit a fire, as you said, Patrick. It absolutely it's- did. And he he kind of – you saw him on the broadcast, a few greens. It's weird what they do where the final, like, two matches, they don't really show a ton. It's very chronological in order for how – what type of golf shots you see. So you didn't see a lot of Cantlay in the first 12-ish holes, but you saw him walking up on the back nine, kind of smiling a little bit when they were giving it to him. I think on 15 there, that's kind of a bit of a bowl, and they were really hitting it home there and then makes a par putt to have the hole and just goes on the tear. The putt on 16 to tie that hole gutsy just uh so gutsy it really reminded me of the 2021 bmw championship when he stepped over a putt in it's like okay yeah he's 10 feet away probably should be 50 50 it feels like 80 20 it, it feels like he's probably gonna make this putt and just that long fluid backstroke hitting the ball oh my god they had the down the line shot on 17 right after Rory showed off his hands from down below nipping that one that I mean, he had Seb Straka rolling. He had John Rahm's jaw on the ground. I mean, that shot was disgusting. And for Cantley to come back, make that birdie, tie the match, give the U.S. a chance for a full point, take the European flag off the board. When everyone's watching you, there's no other matches going on on the golf course. You have everyone around you. And for him to connect, not once, not twice, but three times, especially when Wyndham Clark's just whiffing golf balls up and down the 18th hole after another tremendous drive. He just makes a mess of it again for a par. Cantley comes back after hitting a poor chip on his third. The rough was 
you know, lie might have been suspect, but he, he even would say it would be a, a poor chip in, for his standards. And to hit that putt, oh my goodness, man. I mean, that Patty Ice, coup d'etat can't lie. That's why he gets the big money on every other week except this one. <laughs> That's pretty good. It is, it is hard to describe how quickly this evolved. So we have gone from tweet to awareness to chance to getting to the player to having that turn into performance on the golf course to it being embraced by the Americans. And this is where things really went off the rails. So when Patrick Cantlay pours in a putt on 18 to steal the full point, the entire American team is taking their hats off, including Patrick Cantlay's caddy, Joe LaCava, who Patrick, according to some members, spoiler alert for what's coming in a second, members of the European Ryder Cup team, Joey LaCava took it a little bit too far. Yeah, and so once... Cantley made his putt from about 40 feet. You have to realize both Matt Fitzpatrick and Rory McIlroy were inside Cantley. So they still had to putt. And there are the pictures coming out from this situation are all time. LaCava looks like he just smelled blood in the water. There's Harry Diamond pointing at him while LaCava's like five feet from Rory, who's reading his putt still. Like, hey, buddy, can you back off a little? And he's just mean mugging him. You would have thought LaCava made the putt. And I think it stems from he had to listen to his guy just get it the entire afternoon. You walk to every green, every single fairway, every tee box. They're heckling Cantlin. And many people might have suggested when Cantlin is old caddy split, that was about the peak of the slow play pandemic. Mm -hmm. And Fans were giving it to Cantley then, and they were certainly giving it to him today, probably not in quite as nice of a manner as the United States fans. And so, no, these guys, these, these heroes <laughs> are good, man. They are so really it, good. It takes, it takes a toll on them, man. And for you to kind of have the last laugh, more likely than not, it's a huge relief off your shoulders. It's, you know, it's a hell yeah. It's, it's kind of a middle finger. You got to give it back to them. You got to fight back. And so, I totally understand the reaction from LaCava. At the same time, I get where Harry Diamond's coming from. I get where Rory McIlroy's coming from. It's like, all right, buddy, I still got to play. You think about 1999 when Justin Leonard made the putt. The Europeans still had a putt after that. It wasn't that to that extent, but it, 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 it it's just wild that Joe LaCava, if you told me at the beginning of the week of everyone participating in the Ryder Cup, who would be the villain? If you told me Joe LaCava, I, I I don't know what I'd do, but it, yeah. it, I wouldn't have guessed Joe LaCava is who might be igniting the European locker room tonight, who is causing Rory McIlroy to jump out of his car and go at Jim Bones Mackay, probably over some disagreement. Shane Lowry got in LaCava's face, so did Justin Rose, and it's just, it's ridiculous, it's insane. So the official uh, accusation is that, uh, and we're actually watching the video right now. Kyle tweeted this out. There's a new angle for what LaCava did. Essentially, there's a second shooter. There is a second. There's a second camera. So uh, we'll pull that up right now, Josh. And this just this is breaking news. So the the official ac uh, accusation is that uh, LaCava was swinging his hat. He was. Oh, wow. He really is uh, in Rory's grill at the end. The can, we, can we cue this up, Josh? Can we can he's, we get this video of... So it's the Shane the Shane Bacon one from... Uh, yeah. Uh, from just four minutes ago. So so LaCava is whipping his hat around. Rory's trying to read his butt, and LaCava is two feet away, and he's almost like kind of bodying him, like walking towards him. This is very strange. Rory's asking him to move, and it's not really happening so this was just a, a, a an in your grill situation it's i i've never seen a caddy do that that is absolutely <laughs> it's insane it, he literally looks like all the heckling got to lacava not cantley <laughs> i'm just i'm just letting it loop through and it is um 
I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> it's, it's truly, it's truly, I mean, listen, the Ryder Cup, there, there are things that happen at the Ryder Cup that don't, but like you never see caddies get at this. So this is what, so, so, I mean, they're mouthing on the 18th green. It goes beyond that. It goes to the parking lot. So then there's a video of Rory McIlroy aggressively going to what, what? Yeah, here it is. We've got this on YouTube right now. Look at this is finger pointing. This is this is cuss words. This is being held. Shane Lowry getting in the middle of Rory McIlroy and and Bones. I assume Bones is in the middle of Lacava, right? So Lacava is not in the frame. So I assume it's Lacava, Bones, Lowry, Rory in that order. Look, I don't know what state Joe LaCava's from, but if I had a guess, I'd I'll put say good money on him being from New York. <laughs> like <laughs> Long Island, most likely. <laughs> I'll look it up. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, you have Shane Lowry backing up, and then in the background, you have Matt Fitzpatrick looking like a lost puppy. Victor Hovland's like, what is going on here? It is Matt Fitzpatrick is me. Matt Fitzpatrick looking like a lost puppy is how I would – be in that situation like i'm not gonna get involved i'll stand close and i'll look at you guys but i'm not getting involved in this i don't know if it was if anything additional was said to elicit that reaction from rory because i understand the frustration off the green being a little angry right after right when it's fresh and you kind of see it when they're shaking hands they have a little talk Okay, most times it's like, all right, yeah. And then you brush it off. You're still up five points. Like, you're still probably going to win the Ryder Cup. And so I don't know what happened between on the green to that moment. Yeah, need, I think I, I agree that something else. Because originally Rory wasn't – he kind of, like, brushed it off and was like he didn't really he didn't really care about it when he was asked about it uh, immediately afterwards. And then – I don't know, 30 minutes after that, that video came, that video was released. And like, so I, I agree that something else happened. I don't know if they're just still continuing to jaw about it as they were in the, in the parking lot or the car park, as they say out here. But um, I agree that something else probably happened. Yeah. And you, you think about the relationship too. Rory's best friends with Tiger. LaCava was obviously on the bag with Tiger all those years. So they know each other pretty well. I'm guessing something Something else was said. I don't know about who or about what or in what manner, but there's more to this picture than just the videos are suggesting. At least that's what my uh, tinfoil hat wearing, unlike Cantlay, type of personality would like to believe. So it's the Ryder Cup, baby. Blood gets pumping. You just lose a match. You're a little upset. And yeah, I mean, you got it's all. It's AFC North football. There, there's the age-old saying the Ryder Cup hasn't begun until there's finger pointing in the parking lot, right? And here we are. It took until Saturday night, but this this Ryder Cup has started. Unfortunately for the Americans, it's probably over. As as you mentioned, it's ten and a half, five and a half. So they need uh, eight and a half of the possible twelve points in Sunday singles, which which is I think part of the reason why. Um, especially uh, after the morning wave, when John Rahm was asked a lot about the Brooks Kepka stuff, it was very much like, look at the scoreboard type of situation. Mm -hmm. Like, it's easy to brush all that stuff off, which is why I, I think Rory immediately kind of brushed this stuff off. So, yeah, it, it's it's an uphill battle with not much time to go. Yeah, and, and you can only help but look back at Friday afternoon. When you're up three matches, I think each were past the 14th hole and you don't win a single match. You lose the session. There is a video that Ryder cup Europe put out. I don't know if they put it on Twitter, but I came across it and it's all them coming into the locker room and Shane Lowry is the first one. And he he's running in and he's just laughing and he goes, how the F did we just win that session? And that, that really how it was. That's how it was. I think there was a lot of overreaction uh, yesterday because I mean, they got boat raced and just about everything went right for the Europeans and just about everything went wrong for the Americans to result in a, a five-point deficit on day one, the, the largest ever. And so today was what many expected the entire competition to be. 
They right. split today. They tied today. Europe won the first session in foursomes, the format they typically farewell in. U.S. did well in the four ball. But it's great that U.S. can galvanize t- together over potentially a tweet if they saw it. I, I assume they did, given their reaction on the last hole. And Zach Johnson said on the first hole before afternoon four balls that, oh, yeah, my boys are ready to be let out of the cage. Hey, Zach Johnson, how about you let them out of the cage Friday morning? It's a bold strategy to do that Saturday afternoon. Why aren't they ready to be out of the cage Friday morning when the competition starts instead of sleepwalking their way around Marque Simone? So I have the, I have the Sunday draw. Do you have to uh, go? Uh, yeah. Is it public yet? Yeah. Well, they just emailed it out. Do you want me to, I can tell you what it is if you want. Or uh, just uh, forward it to me. Patrick.mcdonald at paramount.com. Oh boy, you are just gonna get some real <laughs> some real stuff here. How do I no, no feet pictures, please? All right, I'm gonna try to uh I'm gonna try to get this to you. I don't know how. Oh, I'll just uh I'll okay, I'll forward you the email. What is it, Patrick? What dot McDonald at, at paramount.com. This is the this is just phenomenal content. Okay, so you go write this. Is that what you want to do? And I'll I'll have Josh go through this. Yep, and then I'll be back in five-ish. Okay, see you in five minutes. Drop him out, Josh. All right, here we go. So, Sunday singles are out. Hello, Josh. Hello, Rick. You're doing such a good job. We are shuffling a lot of obligations across many different time zones to get this all done (laughs) so that everybody's happy. So, this is the way we're going to do Sunday singles. Is that okay? I'm in. I'm pumped. Match number one. John Rahm versus Scotty Scheffler. So no surprise, Rahm has gone out first for the Europeans, uh, I think in each of the last two Ryder Cups, and he's well-rested. He did not play the afternoon session on Saturday. Scotty Scheffler, the number one player in the world, coming off a 9-7 drubbing, is going to go out first. You'd think at the beginning of this week, if we got this pairing, you'd think it was one of the headlines going into Sunday singles, that that would be... Oh, heck yeah. That's what we're going to get right out of the gates. And whether it's the way that Scheffler's played, I mean, if we get the Scheffler the last couple of days, it's, you know, Rahm's been lights out. So we'll see. But getting to see those guys after 2023 that they both had, seeing them go head to head is is sweet. Uh, this one seems to keep happening. It's almost like it's in, it's intended. Victor Hovland versus Colin Morikawa is the second group. So no real surprise there. This is this 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 one stinks. Um, Cantlay and Justin Rose. Mm-hmm. I, I, I we need we needed Cantlay Rory there. Absolutely. Is Rory? What's up? Do right. It's just it's just blind, right? So Cantlay just goes in the third spot. Uh, I'm. I'm I'm curious what the why we're going Rory for. Um, maybe it's just to spread things out a I little think, bit. But that feels, I think it, feels that weird. is the uh, that is the opportunity to close it out. That's the first opportunity sure. to close. It out. So if you win, they're they're trying to set up the winning point. So if the first four matches win, Ron Victor Rose McElroy McElroy would that would be the fourth. Point. Okay. Essentially, what they're doing. So you're you're leading off with Rom and you're anchoring with Rory. Um, so Rory's in match four against Sam Burns. Sam Burns um, played a lot better uh, in the afternoon on Saturday. Fitzpatrick versus Homa. That's interesting. Homa, I I I would have sent Homa out first. Homa's been the MVP of this team. He's the only guy who's going to go uh, five sessions. Fitzpatrick had uh, an unbelievable nine holes and has kind of played okay golf outside of that. But I would have put Homa out first. Absolutely, absolutely. To get get momentum, he's he's been into it too, right? A little bit of animation from him as well, but that's that would have been the logical choice for me. Six is Hatton versus Harmon. Seven is <laughs> Brooks Kepka gets to see uh, Ludwig <laughs> Oberg again, a guy that just beat him down, and then Sepp Straka versus Justin Thomas. So this is. Uh, again, I think there's a lot of ways you could have done this, um, whether you went with your best players, your most emotional players, whatever it is, a little surprised to see JT this far down the board. I don't know. I guess not, though. There, that, that must really be 
uh, a lot of lack of confidence, I think, because because there's a chance that that match just does not matter. Yeah, kind of being lost in all of Datagoff tweeted it not that long ago that Spieth and Thomas are 23rd and 24th in strokes gained through through two days uh, among all 24 players, of course. So I, I think that's probably what it is. You'd love to be in a spot where you're thinking, okay, JT has to play in one of the first three groups out, and he just he brings the smoke emotionally, but it it hasn't been backed up with the play. The ninth match is Nikolai Hoygaard and Xander Shoffley. What a fall from grace that is. The Xander Shoffley has played horribly and is in the ninth match. Lowry versus Jordan Spieth. Tommy Fleetwood versus Ricky Fowler. Robert McIntyre versus Wyndham Clark. That is uh, probably a bunch of matches that are not going to decide the Ryder Cup. Probably not. Probably not. But if it does, you've got three guys down there at the bottom that... I mean, Lowry's been solid. Fleetwood's been great, and Bobby Mack has been has been solid too. So if if it comes down to that, you, you're probably the edge is probably to Europe, at least based on what we've seen so far this week. It, it's interesting. I think Luke Donald tried to throw like a, a Justin Rose um, like sacrificial lamb out there, mm. right? Like like throw him in the three spot. We can afford to spend one, you, you know, waste one of your big boys on. Not that I mean, Justin Rose has been awesome. But th- there is there is nothing that would indicate that he should be in the third slot other than um, we're going to make you use one of your big boys on him, and he's a, a savvy vet that might be able to steal it. And if not, we've got now we're going to get Rory McIlroy versus Sam Burns. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. So so what's the what's the path? Right, mm-hmm. you only need four if you're Europe. The U.S. needs eight and a half to retain. What's the what's the path? Yeah, this will be over by um, <laughs> this will be over by next seven, right? I mean, I just, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen the odds yet. I imagine uh, Rom is a sizable favorite. I imagine Victor is a sizable favorite. Rory is a sizable favorite. Um, and then, ha- I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be a favorite in uh, probably at least four or five of the first seven or eight. So yeah, I think that. And then and then even and then you're you're kind of right that like even if it does get further than that. Tommy Fleetwood is the insurance policy. Tommy Fleetwood in the 11th match is okay. If things go really sideways, uh, Tommy can bail us out, out of the 11th slot. I think, I think you're exactly right because the rest of the, right. You've got the other guys that you kind of expect down there Four of the, I mean, I guess they're all captain's picks technically, but those four of those last five are relatively, predictable you drop tommy in there just in case yeah okay uh how about this why don't we go to a break they are making announcements about the shuttle so i will figure out what is going on with that we will reset this we'll get patrick back in here shortly and then we will uh set up a a a day of sunday singles and everything else that's going to happen for the next 24 hours or so all right and we are back uh zach johnson is going into his press conference right now i have no idea what he is going to say it is it is just starting uh kp is over there right now and then he will um obviously be writing about it on cbssports.com but josh uh there was a couple of moments that we kind of glossed over in the build up to the drama that happened late in this we basically brushed over the entirety of the morning wave we, we did mention that Ludwig and uh, Oberg destroyed Brooks and Kepka nine and seven. This is kind of where we started to get the breakout of Max Homa, right? So Homa and Harmon go four and two over Lowry and Straka. I believe that was a rematch from the original opening for some session. And uh, I cannot tell you how impressed I've been with Max Homa. I don't know if that's coming through kind of in the coverage or what's on Twitter or anything like that, but he has been um, seriously one of the most impressive players out here all week. Yeah, he's he's, he's striking, striking the crap out of it. And it just over and over again, birdie putts, making the Europeans win, you know, just make birdies to keep up and and not letting pars win, win the holes. He definitely, especially in the back nine there, it was kind of, this match was kind of back and forth through the first nine and then Homa just kind of hitting all the shots that needed to be hit. And 
really the main reason that they ran away with this one. Uh, the other one, because we have the graphic for McElroy Fleetwood, two-in-one victory over Thomas and Spieth. So th- this has been one of the main subplots, the the Jordan Spieth-Justin Thomas situation. Um, the vibes are good. The play, not so much, right? I mean, flashes of brilliance from Justin Thomas, flashes of brilliance from Jordan Spieth. I need to take a picture of this message that they're putting up so I know how to get home. Um, the uh, the lack uh, is there is there a lot of chatter online or is the broadcast addressing that Jordan Spieth has essentially been absent from this Ryder Cup but there is just like nobody else who they will play with Justin Thomas I've seen I've seen Jordan Spieth as a complete liability at this point I've seen <laughs> you know the last couple you know and at Hazeltine Spieth wasn't playing great at the time and Patrick Reed just kind of carried him around the course last time Spieth wasn't playing great and JT was playing phenomenal golf. And what's happened this week is JT's not playing great and Spieth isn't playing great either. And I think that's the first time in an in international play, at least recently where neither of them are playing super well and they kind of keep falling behind the eight ball as a result. But the uh, the emotion and the the screaming is only going to take you so far if you've got no confidence in either guy. The the thing that um, that really stands out to me is that he had like they they have n- neither of them have even had their B minus stuff at the same time, right? Right? right. Like like it, it is either it's almost like two on one constantly. It, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's been such a I don't know what the opposite of hamming and egging ham and egging it is, but it's been that. Where it's just been it's it's been brutal. Um, that final match from the morning wave was John Rahm and Terrell Hatton getting it done over Patrick Cantland, Xander Shoffley. Uh, I think also providing a lot of cover for everybody else on this team. Xander Shoffley better hope this Patrick Cantlay thing just is the only conversation and, and provides cover for the fact that he has zero points this week. Um, the fact that he has not played remotely well the fact that he has punted away points and holes on um very short putts that were missed i i mean xander is a candidate for like the like the worst player like relative to his baseline the worst player that we've had out here yeah it's been pretty uncharacteristic of xander both in team play and then just the nature of his game having very few holes in it the the putting isn't great the the ball striking isn't great he just hasn't been kind of the rock that he has been and it also doesn't help that he he and Cantlay were kind of the okay at least we're getting like we know we're going to get one one and a half two you know hopefully upwards of two points from them in in the foursome matches and instead you got you got the opposite and then just to recap um, that afternoon wave to put a bow on those matches, the first group out, it was it was really an attempt to, I think, um, put the nail in the coffin. Like there there was there was literally a chance. I mean, I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, it lasted until the 11th match where the Ryder Cup could have ended today. It could have mm-hmm. ended on Saturday. Right. If if the Euros would have swept both sessions and remember, they won three of the four points in the morning set like it was not. Obviously, it was outrageous for something like that to happen, but it was not super outrageous. Um, but even after that went away, there was an attempt to put the nail in the coffin this afternoon and just have it be like one or two points away from victory. So they go out with Victor Hovland, Ludwig Eberg off a historic defeat of Kepka and Scheffler against Sam Burns and Colin Morikawa. We talked about it. Um, I think I think a little fatigue came into this. Yeah. I, it's It's hot here. The Victor had played, uh, had, will will play every single session. Ludwig's still kind of getting his getting everything figured out, and they they get beat up pretty bad by Sam Burns and Jamal Morikawa. Twenty six holes. Twenty six. That's that's preposterous. They played two it, matches and they only played twenty six holes. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, that was the other thing. I was like, okay, they didn't even get to the twelfth hole, like mm-hmm. in that in that opening match, which is which is which is nuts. But it's it is like. It's hot out here, and th- those guys just did not look. They did not look sharp in the afternoon. Yeah, it was. I, if you're if you're gonna get if you're gonna lose with this pairing, this is how you want it. Just get it over quick, right? Yeah, you want yeah. Victor to be fresh tomorrow. 
and get a point in singles. If they're going to lose, let's do it in, you know, four and three. I mean, punt on the 13th when you're six down and just start to recover. Uh, but this was this, this outcome would have been low on my what's going to happen on Saturday afternoon list. Yeah. Considering how Burns played uh, in the morning on Friday and Morikawa had just kind of been um, stuck in the middle, not super noticeable so far this week. Uh, they were the biggest favorites, the Europeans, on the afternoon. They were, they were minus 200, uh, mm. which was the biggest favorites of uh, probably of any probably of any pairing that I've seen uh, this week off the top of my head. Match number two in the afternoon, we talked about Homa and Harmon got it done again. That was over Tommy Fleetwood and Nikolai Hoygaard. Uh, Hoygaard's kind of been oh, – Hoygaard has been exactly what like a, a Ryder Cup rookie tends to be. You see some great shots. You might steal a half a point. You see a couple of loose ones. You see a couple of situations when when you're coming down the the stretch where pressure is at an all time high that um, you, you know you do some things that you that would be unlikely. But otherwise, you know, I think he's had a he's had a fine Ryder Cup, and he hasn't been asked to do all that much. If anything else, he's he looks like a guy that as he right, he's only 22, 23. Yes. As as he gets older, I mean, he looks like a guy that could be part of the next important European Ryder Cup guys. He doesn't look like it's it's too big for him. He was really good yesterday in the at the early stages of his match. So yeah, he looks fine and like you said, looks like a guy that you would expect as a 22 year old who was a captain's pick at a Ryder Cup. The thing that I think is hilarious is that two years ago after Whistling Straits, we were like, this European team is so old. They have no path to getting young. They are screwed forever. The President's Cup is going to be more competitive moving forward. These are all things that were said after mm -hmm. Whistling Straits, like for a year after Whistling Straits. Now you've got Oberg, Hovland. Uh, you've got uh, potentially Hoygaard, maybe his brother. You've got, uh, I mean, Rory's probably got five more Ryder Cups in him. Rom's probably got a ton more in him. Like they're, they are potentially, because again, things can change quickly, building a pretty decent core that got very, very young very quickly. Yeah. I, I mean, in, in the short term, it's, man, what is, who is Europe going to put on this team in 2023? You know, when talking about the Ryder Cup a year ago and then long-term it's okay. We got some, we got some horses that look like they're, I mean, Hovland and, and Oberg are going to be in the U S as nightmares for the next 15 years. <laughs> they're not going to have, they're not going to know what to do with them for, for forever. And, um, Oh, Paul, uh, Paul in the chat points out Fitzpatrick. Yeah, forgot about Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzy too. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, we talked about that fourth match. That was Cantlay and Clark over Fitzpatrick and Rory. The one I don't think we talked about uh, necessarily was Rose and McIntyre over Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, three and two. Um, th this is a, a capper on a resurgent year from Justin Rose, right, who has kind of – um, I mean, he fell pretty far after being the number one player in the world. And now, um, he had a win this year. He played a lot better. He was a lot more consistent. The advanced stats, um, got much better. He became a better ball striker. And now he has had a very good, impressive clutch Ryder cup. It, 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 I mean, he could do nothing but look back at 2023 and think about how great it was. Yeah. It's been a great year and he, he did exactly what you were hoping he would do. If if you're Luke Donald, you you pair him with a guy like Robert McIntyre and give give Bobby Mac a security blanket to go out there and and just play golf and have a guy like Rose to make the putt on the 18th hole yesterday afternoon. And then you get to you get to this afternoon on the back nine, and it's McIntyre who's making all of the important putts. That's exactly what you were hoping Rose would do. Um, and the type of role he'd have on this team. Mm. All right, our very own Patty Ice is uh, is back. Hello, Patrick. What's going on? This is like sensory blitzkrieg. I can only imagine you on the ground, Rick. I, I bet it's a zoo, dude. It, there is a there is a combined with everything else. There is a concert going on that is shaking the building. They're making announcements over here in both English and Italian that I can't hear, and they're running. They're flashing. I mean, everything's in two languages I, and they're using, they're using 24 hour clocks around here. I don't know what the hell's going on. 
Who's at the mic right now? Uh, Kyle just tweeted out that Zach Johnson yeah. called the report, quote, extremely inaccurate, borderline irresponsible. Um, Zach Johnson is doing his presser right now. So they give us these little headsets, uh, but I obviously can't hear you and them at the same time. But he is he is there right now. So what I would encourage people to do, Patrick, and I'm sure you can uh, also endorse this, I'm sure there will be plenty of coverage on CBSSports.com about what Zach Johnson is is, is currently saying. Oh yeah, oh. it'll be on there. I think uh, KP might be on Zach Johnson. I might be on Luke Donald duty tonight. Something along those lines. There'll there'll be plenty to read uh, if you guys can read out there. Uh, if you can read, yes. If you yes. are, yes. if you are physically able to. The final thing, Patrick, we'll get out of here. I have I have one story, and then uh, but I want to ask you, what did you think about my idea that America leans into this? And comes out 12 hatless guys tomorrow. Oh, I totally agree. It, um, I think you yeah. might get some pushback from, let's see, who has really bad hair. I mean, plugs. Speech got, I mean, Speech got, Speech his got plugs. JT yeah. got plugs. Uh, who else is on that team? I mean, Ken I mean, Ray is like a guy who probably least, should be wearing a hat. <laughs> right? Also, yeah. um, he's like the only guy whiter than I am. There is no amount of money you could pay me to expose my forehead to the sun for six straight hours. There's no chance. Yeah. I think, uh, Brian Harmon's bald. So I don't know if I want to have that argument with him because I think you're probably losing the argument to Brian Harmon. <laughs> Burn scalp just to, just to send a message that this is, he, they're trying to send a message that this is not a message. <laughs> That's a liability. Instead of sniffles, you're going to blame, uh, a heat rash or something on Brian Harmon's skull for just, losing the Ryder Cup. Just lean into the the driving range video from earlier this week of him on the complete opposite side of the range. Everybody yeah. hates Brian Harmon. We told him to wear a hat. Can you imagine if he's the only guy who came out in a hat on Sunday? It'd be so bad. Um, so my favorite my favorite thing from from this week, uh, and I tweeted this out, but I, I wanted to tell it here on the first cut. They take their cues, aka their lines very seriously out here so there's a line for the shot the media shot in the morning and you are demanded to queue up get in the queue respect the queue enforce the queue we were we were reprimanded this morning because our queue wasn't straight enough we had a we had a bend in the queue and and all of the, they were thinking these dirty americans don't know how to do anything right i, I thought you were gonna say because you cut the line like what normal Americans would do? Well, dude, they won't. They won't let you. It is. It is so. I mean, I appreciate. It. I. I like the. I like rules. I like. Uh, I like the idea of enforcing enforcing that type of stuff. But it. It is when someone new showed up, they were like, "The queue, la queue, get in the back. Don't, 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 don't even think about it." So it's a true Italian deli situation, but just everywhere. You get your number. You got to be straight and narrow. If you're not, you don't get on the bus. You don't get your sandwich. One, 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 yes, exactly right. Yes. And it is a pillar of society, I have learned. The other thing I did this morning is I scootered past the Trevi Fountain, which I didn't think is something I would ever do. Do you throw a coin in? No, should I? Yeah. You got to, For or good, else it's uh, like luck? 13 years of bad luck, I think. I have no idea. I made that up. So. Um, did, you, did you guys talk about the matches? Yeah, we did. Do you have any hot takes? Uh, two rematches right off the bat, which is kind of cool. Morikawa won the half point that won the cup in 2021. Those guys shot, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, like a best ball 58 on Sunday. Correct. They went nuts. I, you, uh, I, I'm pretty surprised Tommy Fleetwood's in match 11 because it might not mean anything. We called that the insurance policy. If, yeah, if, if, if this really goes sideways, Tommy is your insurance policy to save you. Yeah, uh, that was our assessment that. because there is no other. Yeah. There's really no other reason. We also thought that, um, what did you think of Rosie in the three spot? Rose has been, I know he's only played twice, but he's been freaking awesome this week. Yeah. Vintage between carrying Bobby Mack on his back yesterday to, getting him to the back nine today where Bobby Mack played or made some big putts just like 
the perfect Udonis Haslam type guy that you need on the team with uh, not a lot of experience. He's been awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if he beats Cantley to tell you the truth. But I, I like I like the Harmon Hatton one too. A little fire in your belly. Yeah, that'll be cool. The um, Rose is the perfect sacrificial lamb because he might he's been playing well enough where he and he's experienced enough he might just steal the point. And if he loses, you burned you burned Cantley on him. Yeah, he's a very tough out. He's a tough out, right? Yeah, he's a tough very out. tough out. He's not going to yeah. give you anything. He's going to make annoying putts. He'll be in the hole more times than not. And you're going to have to play good golf to beat him. You're not going to win with a bunch of pars against Justin Rose. So Kepka revenge game after the nine and seven drubbing is going to be interesting. In the seven hole, Ludwig has a chance to maybe win the Ryder Cup, to tell you the truth. It kind of comes in that area. And uh, yeah, outside that, I mean, I don't does, know if you guys does, talked about JT and Speed. Does, today, Zan just, does, Zander, oh. does Zander fall from grace? Oh my gosh, dude. Make a putt one time. Back to back lip outs. Just you guys see what I'm talking about with the wet socks, right? You see that picture of him and Cantley on the first tee, juxtaposed with uh Rom and Hatton. Okay. Those boys are just rocking wet socks in those shoes when they're taking that picture. They looked absolutely miserable on the first tee this morning. It really, I think Brandon Porath tweeted it out. It summed up the Ryder Cup to that point. I got I got nothing better to say. I completely agree. I think it's the perfect assessment. I think we end on that. Saturday night in Rome. Any suggestions? Uh where are you go I'm not gonna give out your location, but if you're by Piazza Navona, yeah. <laughs> send it to my email address, patrick.mcdonald.com. Uh Bernini's in Piazza Navona. I know it's a big tourist trap, that whole area, but it's tucked away in a corner. Fantastic ravioli, lasagna, pasta, oh, whole Bernini, deal. Bernini Ristorante. Yeah. Piazza Navona. Oh, wow. You're okay. So hold on. So how far is this? Now, I will not say out loud the name of the hotel I'm staying at, but I'll punch <laughs> it in just to see how far away it is. It is uh, 1.7 kilometers. I can scoot that. I've Easy. been scooting a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you know I've been scooting a lot. By scooter, do you mean like Vespa or like no, bird I mean like, scooter? Like a lime. Nice. Oh, dude. I'm imagining you, Rick, full on Lizzie McGuire movie right now, just zipping a Vespa around with KP on your back. <laughs> We're like clock in the morning because there's like no taxes or anything. Just like going to the trains. It's 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 actually it's actually pretty fun. I like it yeah. a lot. So it's a couple brothers, their mother's recipes. Tell them Patrick sent you, and they'll treat you right. They have no idea who I am. Patrick.mcdonald at paramount.com sent me. Let's see how that goes. Correct. All right. Big thanks, everybody. To put something like this on, it is a collection of a bunch of people in a bunch of different time zones with a lot of obligations pulling them in different directions, and we're able to try to do the best that we can. So cbssports.com will have all of Patrick and Kyle's content from this crazy day and this crazy week. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. You can find Patrick not only at patrick.mcdonald at paramount.com, but also on Twitter at amateur status. You can find me at Rick Rengood. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.